This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone, here and around the world. 22 days from now will be Thursday, December 21st. And on that day in Washington, D.C., a vote has been scheduled to finally, hopefully, pass. It's called, quote, the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena Disclosure Act of 2023. In the Senate of the United States, the 118th Congress, first session, Senate Bill 2226, to authorize appropriations for fiscal year 2024 for military activities of the Department of Defense, for military construction, and for defense activities of the Department of Energy to prescribe military personnel strengths for such fiscal year and for other purposes, close quote. Some media, such as Fair Observer in California, headlined a few weeks ago, quote, UFO disclosure, the most significant law in human history. After hearing sworn testimony on evidence of alien intelligence, Congress is now drafting a law that will require agencies to disclose information to the public that Congress is taking the matter seriously and implies that the testimony and further evidence provided behind closed doors has a substantial basis in fact, close quote. And then this recent Monday, November 27th, came this headline from attorney Danny Sheehan's New Paradigm Institute, quote, critical government transparency legislation jeopardized by a powerful few in Congress. Self-interested forces inside the Pentagon and our intelligence agencies and government contractor aerospace corporations are applying political and financial pressure on the chairs and members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and the Armed Services Committee, as well as the new House Speaker Mike Johnson and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, to kill this legislation entirely or to gut it of the powers that are essential to compel full compliance with this proposed law on the part of these private and government entities that have concealed and lied to our American public, Congress, and the world about the UFO phenomena since at least 1945, close quote. Echoing attorney Danny Sheehan's warning is the PRG, the Paradigm Research Group in Washington, D.C., founded 27 years ago in 1996 by Steve Bassett, executive director, as a political advocate organization to address, quote, the politics of the UFO ET issue with the goal to end 
a six-decade truth embargo imposed by the United States government on the facts surrounding an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. Close quote. The government knew that ending the truth embargo was going to raise a lot of awkward questions, issues they were going to have to be candid about, and a lot of people are not going to be happy about it. It should have been done 76 years ago when you've been misrepresenting truth for 76 years, and now you're going to have to acknowledge the government's known about it all along. It's going to be awkward. By doing this properly and thoroughly in the manner that they're doing it, setting up all this legislation, they're showing that they're doing the right thing, that they're trying to service public needs in a thorough way. So public relations process. Imagine the president of the United States, for whatever reason, being forced to actually go into the peace room and out of nowhere declare that you were not alone and we have this non-human presence. For whatever reason, it could be something ETs are doing. It could be our intelligence community learned that Xi Jinping was about to do it within a few days and that would be a significant matter. And we hadn't done this in legislation. They may say, you first. So the president, in order to assure that we are the first to do this, he announces the ET presence. The next day, things get pretty intense, don't they? There's no legislation. There's no arrow. There's been no process in which they've gone through all of this and the people have gotten acclimated. It's just literally the gun goes off and all hell breaks loose. And that's not good. That's bad. And so they knew that to get to a point where the president could confirm the AT presence, all of this stuff had to be put in place in order to deal with the post-disclosure issues in the post-disclosure world. And they put it together essentially in three years, from December of 2020 until December of 2023, though the process got underway in December of 2017 when the To the Stars Academy people came out. They took the issue to the New York Times. So that was like a ramp-up, three years, a lot was going on. Just within the last couple of weeks, Sean Kirkpatrick, who had been appointed the director of Arrow in the Pentagon a year ago, was essentially fired, apparently, allegedly, for implying that even though he had denied there was any evidence at all for extraterrestrials, that in fact there might be. And it set the tone going into this whole development of this new bill as why would there be this kind of contradiction inside the Pentagon by a man who's been there for a year talking about possibly real evidence for extraterrestrials? Why did that cause him to lose his job if they are really serious about opening up the truth to us in the world? I can explain it, and I assure you they are very serious about ending this truth embargo. It's not about finding out what's going on. They already know what this phenomenon is. And you mean our government since World War II has known that we are dealing with extraterrestrial biological entities? Absolutely. And every president has known. A lot of people have known. There was a truth embargo. It was maintained for national security reasons. It worked. It was effective. Amazingly so. And now they have to end it. And so in order to end it, they have to set up all of this infrastructure and the law and everything else 
so that when disclosure does happen, they're able to deal appropriately with what comes next. And the awkwardness is unavoidable. In order to get all of this set up, they can't confirm the ET presence. That has to remain unknown. And yet, there's no way to do this without referring to it in one way or another. Why do they have to keep ETs that they have known about for decades? Why must they keep it a secret even while they're developing this legislation? It's not so much a secret anymore. They just can't acknowledge it yet. Why? The person that has to confirm the ET presence is the president. It isn't Sean Kirkpatrick or Mitch McConnell or Mark Warner. The president is the one that's going to end this embargo. So they can't end the embargo. They can't come forward and say, well, the Congress is announcing today extraterrestrial presence, and we need to get all this stuff done. No, this thing is much too serious and complicated for that to happen. And the awkwardness, the longer it takes, the more awkward it is, is they can't be straight about it. They had to couch it under national security terms so that the members of Congress would be comfortable dealing with it. We need a different language like UAP because UFO was very problematic. And they couldn't just let the cat out of the bag until everything was pretty much in place for the general public. Now, the baby boomers like you and I and the people that understand this phenomenon, yeah, it was driving us nuts. But we are a minority of the population. It's just complicated. It's a problem of their own making. If you don't embargo this issue for 76 years, you don't have to go through all these machinations. If President Truman had made a different decision and simply told Roger Ramey, sit on this for a couple of weeks while I talk it over with my national security people, and then made the decision just a couple of weeks after Roswell, look, we've seen some of this phenomenon during the war. Clearly, it's not going away. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's tell the American people. They wouldn't have had to go through all of this in 1947 to do it. And this last bill, this is the final piece of the necessary infrastructure. They don't really need much more. And that's why I think if this bill passes, that Mark Warner should be freed up to finally go ahead and call the intel hearing. And on page 57, paragraph 10, quote, Disclosure of recovered technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence. The federal government shall exercise eminent domain over any and all recovered technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence that may be controlled by private persons or entities in the interests of the public good. But essentially, for the last 80 years since World War II, our government has kept the public completely at arm's length from the truth and the development of technologies that are now in our skies, in space. The government has been doing eminent domain over extraterrestrial technology for these eight decades. Eminent domain is in this bill for a very important reason. The government has basically had control over the records and the technology, either directly or through their control over the government contractors that are working on it. What the government is doing here is acknowledging that non-human tech is in the hands of non-government entities, something we've known for years. 
And one of the reasons that this is in the bill is because of David Grush. If Grush had not come forward and bring up the issue of non-human technology and non-human bodies, this might not have been in the bill. They might have held off on this. But when he came forward and said that and was not rebuked, he was not sent to prison, pretty much it was clear that there was not going to be any serious uh, efforts to shut him up. And then, of course, followed that up with the hearing in which he repeated it all under oath. But when he comes forward, this is a big problem for the process, but it's manageable. So at that point, the Senate Intel Committee and any others in Congress that are addressing this what do we do about the fact that the bodies, mostly the non-human, what do we do about that? We can't deny it, right? But we're not prepared to disclose the ET presence, so what do we do? And Schumer made the decision 39 days later, after Grush came forward, Schumer comes forward with a, an extraordinary event when he indicates that he is going to put language in this bill. He's not on the Intel Committee, but he's inserting himself for the first time into what has been a three-year process and says, I'm putting certain language in this bill, here's what it is. And the language is eminent domain. Over what? Non-human technology. Okay? Why? First of all, by coming forward and announcing that, that language is going to be in, he just confirmed that Grush was telling the truth. Because if there is no non-human technology at all, or non-human technology in, in the hands of civilian contractors, there's absolutely no reason to have an eminent domain clause in any bill. And so by putting it in there, he is confirming Grush was telling the truth. We do have non-human technology, which confirms Roswell, which confirms that the government's known about it all along. It's in government hands. So you don't need eminent domain on that. But in terms of civilian hands and contractor hands, yeah, if you don't declare it, then you can almost guarantee that after disclosure, patents will be filed, claims will be made, as these companies basically try to cash in on the work that they have done and the things that they have learned, in spite of the fact that they've been paid well all along. I mean, they've made a fortune off of doing this kind of work, just like they make a fortune out of building our nuclear submarines. They've made plenty of money, somewhat directly or indirectly connected to ET tech, could be enormous. And so by doing this, he has preempted that. Even if the bill doesn't pass with the domain section in it, every civilian contractor out there that's got any tech and any plans to patent, license, trademark, and benefit from that tech has been put on notice that, no, that could belong to the U.S. government. So don't do it. Don't try. In other words, it doesn't completely close out the possibility that these companies could benefit from this technology. It just means that that's going to be the government's decision on behalf of the American people. They've acknowledged that tech exists, which confirms the ET presence. They're acknowledging that that technology will belong to the government. In other words, it's just one of the many ways this legislation and statements by the government has confirmed without really confirming the extraterrestrial presence. So that's what's going on with the eminent domain clause. I imagine that every major think tank in Washington, such as the Heritage Foundation, the Cato Institute, Center for American Progress, every one of them are probably having meetings about how they're going to deal with it. I think overall, the disclosure process will probably go a lot faster than they expected, but I think they'll be relatively comfortable with it as long as it's a relatively orderly process. But then what? The epilogue to this play is open contact. Whether or not the government introduces anything, the ETs are going to be in open contact with us within two years.
Now, whether the ETs acknowledge, oh, but we've been dealing with you privately for years, uh, I don't know. But open contact is where this has always been going. And then what happens then? What comes from that open contact, which will involve information being exchanged between ETs and Earth authorities, nations, whatever? What's going to be that contact and information? It may be the government policy will be, we'll announce disclosure, we'll start bringing information out, we'll start giving the people the truth, that will be good, and then the ETs will decide when they're going to be introduced, whether or not they have been working with us in the past. But I would be shocked if ETs are not actually in play, literally, within two years. So I'm ready for an unbelievable 2024. Fluffy showed up just about 30 seconds ago, and I thought that would be a perfect way to come back with the feeling that maybe there is a future that will be more positive than we have thought, just like Fluffy showing up right now. And the question, what will 2024 be like? I have heard people talk about it as if it could be a horrible year, and other people say, no, it may be uh, transcendent and evolving. And that's what I want to go for. And I know you do, too. And I really think this is a revolutionary time when the big truth should be told to the whole world that there are intelligent life forms on other planets beyond Earth and on Earth and that a variety of extraterrestrial biological entities with advanced technologies have been interacting with this planet Earth for millions of years. I've quoted before 278 million years from the Defense Intelligence Agency analyst who told me a great deal in December of 1999, and now we're at uh, near December of 2023. But the difference is, maybe officially and fully, we're finally, finally going to become a planet that is prioritizing truth. And I'm looking forward tonight to your comments and questions. But first, I want to let you all know that like last year, I'm taking the month of December off, and then I'm going to return live with you all on Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. And I have a very special, fascinating report for that January 3rd Earth Files. And I also wish from my very soul deep prayers to all of you that 2024 will be a year that moves us away from wars and lies toward building a new Earth future in colleagueship with friendly ETs on a planet that is finally based on truth. So mark your January 3rd, 2024 evening with me for a new year to begin on this YouTube channel and make a big plus sign on that date to reinforce positive frequencies and positive prayers for 2024 because I think the more minds are trying to link positively with the consciousness of this universe, the better we'll be. And if you aren't an Earthfile subscriber, please 
click on the subscribe and like buttons and let's see if we can increase our quarter million subscribers up to half a million in 2024. A lot of you have asked me about doing autographs for my books and documentaries. And I wanted you to understand that everything is shrink-wrapped uh, for protection so that it, they can be shipped without any damage. And that is a problem that I have to take off in order to autograph. But in the spirit of a new year leading into 2024, that might finally bring us real truths about ETs on Earth, in this solar system, and throughout the universe, I would like to autograph the first 25 book and video orders that arrive by December 8th, a date that I will be here till then, and I can get them autographed and shipped, and then I will be doing traveling in the holidays. Also, Serena from Conscious Life Expo, she's like a sister to me, she emailed me today about ticket links to my presentations at Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles for the dates of February 9th to the 13th of 2024. I love Conscious Life Expo. And look for the, what they call the CLE, Conscious Life Expo, affiliate links that Eric in Canada tonight is posting in the Earth Files comments and in the Earth Files YouTube chat. And in March, there will be the Sedona Ascension Retreat from March 8th to the 10th. And that is where all of us can come together in the spirit of resonating with this conscious universe and asking through our minds, linking to the universe, in the spirit of resonating for most positive, loving, peaceful frequencies from all that can help us humans at this revolutionary time on Earth. Sedona should be both soul-uplifting and mind-provoking, where I can honestly say that my religion is all paths that lead to the light. And you can purchase tickets now for the Sedona Ascension Retreat by going to the website in the blue at the bottom of this screen, which is sedonaascensionretreats.com forward slash tickets forward slash. It would be so wonderful if 2024 could be a year in which everyone, where we're all so weary from everything seeming to be so violent, so negative, that if we approach the year with, we're going to keep images in our own mind of things that are beautiful, life flourishing, peace, love for our fellow man, true agape love, that it might have an impact on a year that might have gone a completely other direction. And Ian is on a plane tonight. He's headed for the Mexico City UFO conference. And I talked to him not very long before we went on the air live. And he sends his best regards to all of you. But tonight, helping me, 
is Brad sitting a few feet from me and Eric in Toronto, Canada. And they are, uh, I can't do this work without them at all. And right now I really need their help because they're the ones who are going to look at your questions, your comments in chat and comments. And they're going to let me know uh, piece by piece through Brad what your questions and comments are tonight while Ian is in an airplane going to Mexico City and we'll hear about that from him in that January 3rd program. So we want tonight for all of you that have questions right now, put them in the chat and these guys will be asking me questions in place of Ian. You've got a couple here, Linda, that, um, okay, I'll just read them to you. When will you do another three-minute speed round for answering questions? Oh, that's great. I, because sometimes I think I feel, uh, the question was, when will you do another uh, three-minute by the bell speed Q&A? And uh, I think that I've had mixed impressions that some people want me to talk long and others love to have that bell that Brad controls ring every uh, two or three minutes, depending on which time we have uh, given as our rule. And if you all tonight can let us know, do you like me, like let's say every third month, um, to do a speed to try to get as many questions in as possible because the, the content is so difficult. It is so complex. And there are no easy yes, no answers, I don't think, to any of it. And so it's, I'm in the middle. Do I go long on this question? Do I try to keep everything short? And it would be great to get your feedback on if you would like to have lightning rounds with the bell, uh, let's say every uh, eight or 12 weeks, I'm happy to do it. And so, yes, we, we can do more. <laughs> okay, another question. Um, I recently saw Lou, Lou Elizondo interviewed where he said UFOs are demonic. This puts a whole new light on things. Have you heard of this? What do you think of this? UFOs as demonic energies, that's the question, that Lou Elizondo has referred to at least some of the UAP, UFO, ET phenomena throughout the universe. Some of it may be demonic was the word. And that has come up probably from the very first beginning day that I ever got into this 44 years ago when I had reports that were coming to me by phone and in the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post in Denver at the CBS station, Channel 7, where I was director of special projects. And my job was to do documentaries and live studio programs with the governor and with various people on issues in the state of Colorado. And that summer of 79, as there had been in the previous three years, going back at least, well, four, back to 75, it had been an intense time of many, many animal mutilations reported, all with the mystery of 
Why is there no blood? Why is there no tracks around the body's animal, the animal's body? And it was, um, it's the challenge that when you have something that's going on in your environment that doesn't have answers and that it, you, you want, I wanted to get into it and I wanted to report everything that I could. Well, people started calling me at the TV station, writing handwritten letters. Linda, don't touch this. This is evil. Uh, this is everything using that word demonic. But I guess there's something in me that I have always felt this closeness to the light. And I've told you some stories. And therefore, the worst thing that I could possibly imagine doing if something from evil, demonic, dark energies were affecting Earth, our solar system, and the universe, I would want to know as much as possible in order to try to understand and report what was happening against it, what would be fighting. And essentially, when people have often said, why are you not afraid? How can you go out into a pasture, hundreds of pastures? It's this sense of closeness and alliance with the light. And I've had it since I was a child. Everybody can have that closeness. And once you have that settled inside, then trying to find out what something dark and evil could be doing is something I have never been afraid of. And that's why I have done so much work. But eventually, where I really think it's important for you all to hear and listen tonight, from my point of view right now, on November 29th, 2023, after 44 years from that very first newspaper and discussion in Denver uh, in September of 79, I have certainly encountered cases that may have been in a satanic kind of context. But the large majority of the work that I have done on the animal mutilations that led to human abductions and then to the big question, what is the motive of the extraterrestrial intelligence? And being convinced, no hesitation to tell you without feeling this is absolutely correct. I think that there are dozens of different other intelligences interacting with this planet and solar system and throughout this end of the Milky Way galaxy and on and on. It isn't just one note. There's an orchestra, and that orchestra may be negative, positive, neutral, hostile, all over, sort of like Earth. And once the context of the landscape that you're investigating becomes that large, I don't have any desire, I don't know how you would give up searching everything that I have been searching and continuing to this day because the complexity, 
the holding up an investigation looking for why would there be any sense of anything demonic? And it usually comes back to because of the taking of sperm, eggs, and blood. But my mind and people that I have talked to about that very issue, that we, this is a harvest. Earth has been harvested for millions of years. The blood, sperm, and eggs can also be explained if the whole huge Earth experiment is somebody's genetic test or experiment. Then you go back to the, the sentences that I have seen in a document. These extraterrestrial biological entities manipulated DNA and already evolving primates to create Homo sapien. That is us. Well, the creation of Homo sapien and Neanderthal and Denise Vaughn and going back to Homo erectus being manipulated, that in and of itself could be the work of very, very advanced scientists who reject evil, reject negative, and what they are looking to do is to see, do they have the ability to create life on a variety of planets with various ingredients looking for things that pull consciousness to the light or pull consciousness to the dark. That's their experiment. In that context, those fundamental words that you hear sometimes in college and in psychology courses, you have to intuitively feel your soul. You have to feel a sense of what anchors you. And in my case, it's the light and wanting to know truth. I really want to know the facts and the truth about everything. The whole bell-shaped curve from the most positive to the most negative so that I know how to report about and reject the negative. And that's what I'm trying to do at Earth Files YouTube channel. It's what I've been trying to do in my work for decades. If you turn away from learning about the shadows, then you're never ever going to understand how bright the light really is. And Lou Elizondo, I consider him a very bright, very sensitive, very skilled human being. And he may say a sentence like that, like caution, everybody, caution. Linda talks about the tall whites being our friends and that maybe someday we will all be able to be together in the same planet for some period of time, it, learning from them, perhaps. That's my dream. Well, Lou may or may not be the more, more realistic one, but I am at least more hopeful that even if there are negatives, even if the insects at Epsilon Eridani, ten and a half light years from Earth, are our biggest threat and have been a big threat for decades, 
that the tall whites have demonstrated that they know how to handle and curtail what those insects do. So put that on the chessboard. There are other arguments that maybe we still don't know all of the life forms and that something could catch us off guard and be as threatening or more threatening than the insects. Right now, and I hope you do the same, try to study as many books, papers, videos that have been done on the tall whites and begin to get a feeling of a gestalt of what it is that they have said to humans, what they do, the fact that our aerospace corporations have had tall whites working side by side with humans in them. I know that's a fact. I've talked about this with half a dozen people. So there are large corporations and executives and of course, the people in the CIA, NSA, DIA, they know all of what's happening there. If the tall whites are truly geniuses and that they have the ability to even manipulate time to help and protect, I'm going to go with at least some feeling of I'd like to meet them I'd like to know what it feels like. We're at the very beginning stages, the very beginning stages, I hope, of being able to meet the friendly, neutral non-humans in these next years. Lou may have information about a completely different solar system. It could be even in a different galaxy. We're in the Milky Way, it's a huge galaxy, Andromeda, huge galaxy, but there are all kinds of galaxies, some small, some medium, some large. And Lou may have a concern and that that's the way he wants people to go halt. There may be danger in the whole extraterrestrial civilization reality. But on Earth, remind yourself of this every time somebody says, well, maybe the ETs are evil, maybe they're demonic. Some might be, but just like Earth, it's a great planet to learn about a whole lot of different things that are in conflict. And on Earth, it seems like beings and consciousness and even the Anunnaki and, and the Sumerian, going all the way back, that were probably real ETs. They warred, they had fights, they seem to have been involved with the thermonuclear blasts on Mars. And yet, we're on a planet where there are all of these different types of humans. And some hate each other. And that must be a real problem for the tall whites if they have been engineering uh, a huge uh, genetic experiment on Earth in which they try different things to see what will pull to the life, to the light, what will pull to the dark. The very fact that there has been even nuclear war on Mars and in the 
Earth uh, long before humans in the United States tested the first atomic bomb in 1945 in New Mexico. There must be something inherent in the genetic evolution of those that are experimenting and those of us who are the result of experiments. And maybe, eventually, we will all learn that demonic evil is countered by the light and that some of the strongest, best counters are the strong souls that have developed inside of another life experiment, Homo sapien on Earth. And in saying this, and I realize it's a long answer, but it's a huge question. What is the true nature, the true nature of all of the complexities that repeat mathematically throughout this universe? And there may be, as a man told me back in 1985 in a discussion in Washington, D.C., Linda, this isn't the only universe. There are as many universes as there are grains of sand on a beach. And every universe has a membrane that separates it from other universes. And when you start thinking at that level, it's almost overwhelmingly exciting for me to think about the consciousness with a capital C that could be involved in putting together something that would have unlimited numbers of universes in which in each universe would be different ingredients of testing to create ultimately soul bearing entities. We are soul-bearing entities. As if something is put in motion at a huge cosmic level that is studying and trying to understand what draws to the light and what draws to the dark. And that eventually going through an infinity of universes like grains of sand it will become clear. And then maybe all of the universes and all of the tests will end. Or this incomprehensible consciousness says, okay, we learned that. Now let's go on to the next question. Okay, I promise we will do fast two, three minutes uh, in the new year. But right now, I'm going to go to Brad for another question. Actually, they're asking for five minutes. But oh, five minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'll try right now. I'll try five minutes to this next question. I hope, though, that you all would understand why I took so much time, because it is absolutely, to me, one of the most fascinating aspects of all of this. Why are we in a solar system, in a universe 
that has at least three to five trillion galaxies may have a membrane around it and another infinity of universes. Why? How? To what end? And it reminds me always of Roger Penrose. Linda, it isn't a singularity. We are in an infinity of cycles of time. Okay, go ahead, Brad. Not sure who this came from, but do you know what is happening in Canada about disclosure? In Canada, not specifically. If here, while we're here now, you can say, what have you heard referenced? I personally have not, I don't know of anything that is different in Canada versus the United States in terms of our uh, wanting the whole issue of let's get the truth out, that we're not alone, the extraterrestrial intelligences are interacting with Earth right now. They're interacting with this solar system right now. They're interacting throughout this galaxy right now. And that's absolutely, these are facts. It's, it's no longer a question. So uh, I'm not sure what would be uh, the question in Canada if somebody can send right now, send a text, uh, then maybe Brad will get it before we go off. So what's the next question? Was there a war in the past or being fought now between reptilians and the progenitor gray aliens? It is my understanding from at least three sources that have worked either in aerospace, military, or a government agency, They've, they've had experiences that the primal conflict, if you want to put a capital P on primal and a capital C on conflict, that relates to this earth and this solar system, it is reptilians versus, and it is a surprise to some extent because I've also, I also know that reptilians have fought like hell against the Nordics, but that the primal conflict is between the reptilians and at least one, we'll call them one of the gray species. Because when you get into the grays, you're into so much artificial intelligence and you have to start having discussions and dividing things into what is biological and what is AI. As far as I know, most of the reptilians remain biological. But the greys that are around this world all over the place, they're mostly AI and not biological. Or if there is a biological component, it is interacting with AI as, as dominant. The tall whites, as far as I've been told, have not been in a direct war here on the earth, not a direct war, like the Nordics have and the Greys have with the reptilians. I don't know that that's true. But what it has raised in my mind is that the tall whites would be so powerful, so intelligent, so capable, that they might always be watchers and that they are not going to get into the blood and guts 
of straight-on warfare unless there is some huge, huge, huge reason. So if, if they are watchers and they are protectors and we are alive because they have been here, but they may not have been in wars on Earth and in other solar systems, in which I understand it can be pretty horrible with the reptilians. The greys. Are the greys actually, do they have a vested interest in the evolution of humans, of, of humanity specifically on this planet Earth? And if they do, and if the Nordics do, why? There are other arguments that some of the greys are considered to be liars. They lie, they manipulate us, they cheat humans, they want our souls. That's another one of the subcategories. So even understanding which so, if, there's, if there's conflict, which side of what conflict that would be in the interests of humans versus those another, a conflict that might not involve us, but that that conflict is about wanting to annihilate humans, that it can be multi-sided. And this is why it's so complex. It's, it's exactly like the title of several of my presentations, that this is a hall of mirrors with a quicksand floor. And after 44 years, it is still a hall of mirrors with a quicksand floor. But I am going to uh, say uh, love to you guys tonight on this thought. I have not a single question not one in my mind or my soul or my heart about there being a force, a frequency, a presence that we could call the universe consciousness that doesn't want the light and love and peace to prevail everywhere, ultimately. And that much of what has been happening in our planet, our solar system, our galaxy, and beyond may be because a, an experiment at such a gigantic scale and size is why the universe even exists. And at that level, the... The effort to have an entire solar system, an entire galaxy, an entire universe, an entire universe, ultimately choose the light. And that's how there can be true love with all of us when we begin to be able to operate at such a level. But that's not the case now. And as we go forward, 
with what I hope is going to be an introduction to the tall whites and at least the species of Nordics that have helped humans as well, that we would begin to be educated at all of these levels in which our very soul has something to do, I think, with why we even are an experiment. And ultimately, let's hope that 2024 is going to escape, that somebody's going to say, no, they've had enough, that we're not going to have more wars, that we're not going to have more pandemics, that we're not going to have solar flares burn off the earth. No. Think and imagine planet Earth years ago, sun, rain, animals, humans, in peace and health. Hold that. And maybe we can make a difference. And then maybe the tall whites would be very, very interested in trying to be public, not to live our lives, not to take over, but to help educate us. That to me is what humans need. We need to have real facts with real information about so many parts of this puzzling Earth, solar system, and universe. So that's why I do the work I do. This is why I look forward to your questions and comments. I'm going to say Merry Christmas and almost Happy New Year on this good news that by December 21st, there may be headlines that we finally, finally, finally have this Non-Disclosure Act going into our government and that things will start opening up with the truth. It will, to me, it just has to. And that on January 3rd, I'm going to have something really special to share with you guys. And in the meantime, agape love to everybody. Forget the fights, forget the wars, forget the conflicts. Let's, let's look at and treasure each other as a fellow being in a very complex universe that may be studying us from beginning to end, as Roger Penrose said, in all of the cycles of time. See you January 3rd and send me your requests for autographs.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. 